Thank you so much. Uh, rumor has it the kettle's in my house now. <laughs> I'm kidding. It belongs to the Lord. Anyway, good morning. It's a, it's a great privilege and an honor for me to be standing in front of you this morning uh, to share what I believe God has placed in my heart for us to talk about in these uh, next few moments. Um, and if I were to title my message, I would title it this, No One Else Is Coming. I felt the Lord has challenged me on this idea for these for a, couple, a number of weeks now that actually we are God's plan right here, right now for the gospel to go out, for, for people to hear about Christ, for churches to be planted, for lives to be transformed by Jesus. No one else is coming. Can we pray? Jesus, we thank you for the moments that we share. Lord, I pray, won't you speak to me and to your children. Father, help me not speak a word of my own knowledge, but only of your heart. And help us, Lord, to live changed only by your word. Be glorified now, Dad, in these next few moments that we spend together. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. A couple of months ago, um, I was speaking at one of our uh, one youth conference in Johannesburg, and uh, a couple of friends of mine had come with me, and uh, it was a really great time. And on the second to last day, there was this dodgeball tournament. Now, if you know me, you'll know that I am not competitive at all. I'm kidding. I'm extremely competitive, and uh, and for most of the dodgeball tournaments, I was thinking. It's a youth conference, we're guests, don't be too competitive, it's about the kids, it's not about you. And for most of the time, I was just, just there, you know, I threw a couple of balls, but I wasn't that invested. But somehow, my team and my friends made it to the final. Now, when the final came, it went out the window that I was a guest, and I was like, we have to win this, right? And so we, we get into the final game, and there was this anticipation that this is it. This is our moment. There is no other match. There is no other time. It's either we win now or we go home losers. Thank the Lord I had already preached, so I had nothing to, to hold on to. No one was going to judge me. I'm going home the next day anyway. It is what it is. And we get to this tournament and we lost, but it didn't matter. But here's the point, though, is that there was this incredible anticipation that actually this is our moment. This is our time. We have to do what we've got to do. I look at the life of the apostles. I look at the letters Paul wrote and Peter wrote. And there seems to be this anticipation, this burning on the inside of them that actually we are God's agents for the gospel right now. We are the ones that God has placed in the world and we are the ones who are going to preach the gospel, tell the world about Jesus. No one else is coming. This is it. This is our moment. And I feel for you and I that God is, is calling us to the same thing. We are God's plan for the gospel to go out into the world. No one else is coming. We're not waiting for someone else to come after us. We are it. And sometimes I feel maybe the thought is, is that the, the idea of just preaching the gospel always or going out for the gospel is for those on full-time staff or maybe those that work for the church or full-time eldership, I'd, I'd like to suggest it's for all of us. And maybe the answer is, yes, we know this, but the question is, does the gospel consume you? Does the mission of Jesus consume you that in every waking moment, yes, I've got my job. Yes, I, I, I go to church. Yes, I go to the gym occasionally, not nearly enough as I should, but, but the gospel still consumes me. 
It's all about the gospel. It's all about what Jesus is doing. No one else is coming. There's this interesting portion of Scripture in Acts chapter 1. The apostles are together and they are, are to elect one other person to join them. And they've got these two guys who are one of them is about to join them as apostles. And this is what it says in Acts 1, verse 20, 21 to 22. And one of the men who has accompanied, accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the, from the baptism of John until this day, when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. I love how they describe themselves and describe the office that one of these men is about to take up. They're adjoining as a witness of the resurrection. They're saying that actually our life goal, our life mandate, who we are, is summarized by this idea. We are witnesses of the resurrection. Whether I'm in my office place, in my home group, at the gym, driving on the road, I am a witness of the resurrection of Jesus. I'm consumed by one idea that God is in heaven. I have to share the good news with the world. No one else is coming. And I'm sure we are all familiar with the Great Commission. Go out into the world and make disciples of all nations and it burns on the inside of us. But sometimes I feel like our view of the Great Commission can be a little bit narrow. Is that it applies to us when I am on mission. It applies to us when I am going on an outreach, but what happens on Monday morning when I'm going to work? The Great Commission is as alive then as when we are on mission to another nation. No one else is coming. We are God's plan right now. I'd love to suggest that there are two things, and this is not an exhaustive list, but these are some of the two things that that are a marker of someone who is consumed and lives in anticipation of of the gospel breaking out. One of them is that we have to be convinced of the power of the gospel. We have to be convinced of the power of the gospel. Paul writes this in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jews and also the Greeks. We are convinced that the gospel has power to save every single person who comes to every single person who receives the message of God can be saved by the gospel we are convinced that God has demonstrated his great power through the gospel that everyone who comes is kept no one is lost no one is lost by the gospel but the power of God keeps us in him the second thing I believe marks us is that we are guarded by the Holy Spirit. We're guided by God's Holy Spirit. I've been reading through the book of Acts with a good friend of mine in the mornings, and in Acts 16, Paul and Silas and Timothy now has joined them, and they're they're on their way, and the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not going to Asia, and and the Spirit of Jesus says, you're not going to that place, but you're going to Macedonia. Why? It's because actually God has them in his hands and he's saying, I'm going to direct you. I'm going to lead you where you're going is where my spirit sends you. And those who live in anticipation of God say, actually, Lord, wherever you're leading, wherever you're going, I want to go there. And it's as simple as maybe on one morning, we're just going to stop and see the guy walking past and be like, hey, bro, 
God loves you, or whatever it is, or, or we're going to go on that mission trip, or whatever God places on your heart, but we live lives that are so open to the leading of God. A life guided by the Holy Spirit means that we also hear His sweet encouraging. In, in Acts 18, this is what the Lord says to uh, Paul, verse 9, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. I love that is that actually when, when fear seems to creep in, I love what Peter said last night, when fear seems to creep in, the Lord comes and he speaks, actually don't be afraid. But a life guided by the Holy Spirit hears the nudging of God and what he's saying to us in the moment. And we are in tune to his word. Second Timothy 4 verse 2. Proclaim the word of God. Stand upon it no matter what. Rise to, your, to the occasion and preach it when it's convenient and when it's not. Preach it in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach people. Jesus is coming back soon and soon may he come. But for now, no one else is coming. We are God's plan for the world. Can I pray for us? Lord Jesus, we... We honor you, my King, and we say thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you choose us broken, ordinary humans to be agents for your gospel to go out into this world. And Father, I pray, won't you set a fire on the inside of us, shut up in our bones, Lord, that we cannot contain it, but speak of your gospel message. But tell the world of this incredible Savior, go on those church plans, go on those missions, start those home groups, whatever it is, Lord, lead us, Jesus, as we follow you until we see you again. In Jesus' name, amen.